Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. And welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast. That was Hallie Kearns with Whatever You Do. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you guys doing? Hey, Hello, hey, my Carl. my friends hey. Greg and uh, Nicole. How is everyone? Pretty good. Yeah, I like that song. You know, it's, it's kind of a, it has that summer song vibe. Remember like these Bouncy. Yeah. It's yeah. Bouncy. Kind of mm-hmm. good now, you know. Because we are getting into summer, so. <laughs> that happens every year on this time. It's kind of odd. How that it is out. so hot here. I know it gets hot in New York too, but it was hot here today. It was well, it was hot, and we've got the oh. summer storms rolling in now. So, like every afternoon, you like it's the chance of, ooh, are we going to get some thunder and lightning and rain? And I think the last three days we have. 
I always remember the new music seminars back in the 80s and 90s in Manhattan, and it's like you would be completely drenched. Yeah, you know, because you just stay in the, in the Marriott lobby. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. AC Marriott exactly. Bar, and you don't even the go Marquee, out. baby. That's yeah, where I went, right. Baby, right. Marquee yeah. Marriott. That is some sad news. Some sad <laughs> news. Jim Seals of Seals and Crofts died today. Oh, wow, well, man. Talking about summer songs. Yeah, right? Summer Breeze, man. That was there. Oh, the, man. That, that was like Iconic. Super. And, you know, I was uh, recently watching some YouTube video, and there's a ton of, like, live television performances of those songs out there. And they always sounded uh, just a tiny bit different, but really great. I mean, they were really, all the performances were right on point, even though they were singing in those old television RE15 microphones that well, we used know, to use as a doorstop in, not to you know, sound, in, in the not, studio. Not, not to sound like, you know, like an old, old, back in the day, you know, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> but back then, they, they had no auto-tune or anything to rely on, so they had no. to do it. You had to cut it. So, you know, yeah. these guys were like tried and true, and, and they could do their stuff live. They were great. They man. were pros. And, yeah. you know, I mean, that. I guess that's something to be said for the idea that back in the day, I mean, there was basically... There were gatekeepers and, you know, people right. did get vetted, you know, by the labels. And, you know, it's like you, you had to be pretty on point in order to um, go into the studio and spend a few hundred thousand dollars of right. somebody else's money. Right. So my my thing I want to talk about today, I just I just something that occurred to me the other day. I guess the, the, the overall question is this society like we do not allow rock and roll stars to get old. They can't get old. And this is kind of uniquely the first generation where they're in their 80s. You know, like, you mm -hmm. know, it's never happened before because rock and roll started like in the 50s. So the first wave finally now getting into their 80s and stuff. And no one knew it would last this long. And back then, like, you know, Jagger and Rod Stewart and these guys, they were hip. They were hip, cutting edge people. I just watched um, a Bill Maher episode yesterday. Rod Stewart was one of the guests. He's there promoting his residency in vegas back then you would never think the these faces. guys would <laughs> right. do like a residency in vegas that was like for old <laughs> Edie gourmet and you know that was like that was not cool man. it's like zeppelin in a residency Shecky green yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, you know, but then elton john has done it and, and rod stewart's done it like carrie, sure. carrie underwood's now doing it yeah, well, they don't count. I'm talking about the old, cool rock stars. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, you know, I'm surprised McCartney hasn't done it. You know, it's easy for didn't, him. You know? Didn't Aerosmith do it or did that get canceled? I think Aerosmith that did that, really? I feel like that got yeah. canceled yeah. and then Adele's got canceled for COVID or something like that. And Celine yeah. Dion's yeah, is on she hold. Never, you know, she is, is that back. just cashing in or is it laziness to make a buck or what do you think that is? Or should we allow them a, to get older? I think it's a lot of money. Uh, that it's a lot of guaranteed money. Uh, and I think it's relatively easy to, uh, well, I mean, th those shows are rigorous, I'm sure, but you know, it's, it's a lot better than being on the road. You know, so. I just watched that show. You, you, you told me to watch. Oh, I, I, I watched Hacks too. I'm, I'm almost on to season two. So I, I, I love this one. fun, isn't it? But she it's had fun, a residency yeah. too. So yeah, I guess it's a great thing to have a residency, you know? 
Yep. Well, and the fact that she yep. made a big stink about the fact that she was losing her residency. So Don't give it away for people. I won't. I, I mean, that happens in like the first couple of episodes in season one. So they're promoting season two now. So we're behind was she, on was she, in, she was in Designing Women, yeah, right? Yeah, that's, that's Jean Smart. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. been around. She's yep. done a lot of things. Yep. I like her. Yeah, been around forever. Yeah. So I think it's a very good show. Very so clever, so what my question is, do we allow, like if the Stones want to do residency, are they allowed to do that? I think that's where they all should go, actually. Like that's you where know? they it's should like, go to like live out yeah, their yeah. <laughs> rock star pastures. I saw AC, it, it, AC, in, DC residency. Not in Las Vegas, but uh, in, Metallica. in Lake Tahoe. Metallica in Lake Tahoe. at the Sands. <laughs> Kiss at Caesar. Right, Kiss at Caesars. In Lake Tahoe in the mid-70s, I mean, they used to work those rooms as a circuit, and they would be there for three or four or five dates or a week. They didn't do these residencies, but in the mid-70s, I saw the Righteous Brothers. I saw the Carpenters. I saw some really big pop acts. I don't know, but it's like like she said, it's just like, you know... um Kiss at Caesars with opening act Don Rickles. You know? like, come, on. come on, I I don't have a problem with it because I think it's you know it's kind of you know you can dial the show in. It sounds perfect, right. you know, uh, and you know there's a lot less wear and tear on the. And Rod on the Stewart was saying that basically you're only allowed to do it for ninety minutes. They because they, they make you get out because they want them to get back. <laughs> they want you to go gamble. Right. They don't want to lounge around in some show. But 90 but minutes, you're out. If you think about it, too, 90 minutes for that type of audience, they may fall asleep in the theater and they may not get up. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, my wife and I fell asleep at Mel Torme, which makes sense. It makes perfect sense. But uh, then you, you, you don't need to be going out then if you're falling asleep at concerts. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a nice big meal and, you know, the velvet. Fog well, was like you know, the nice thing about Vegas though, crooning. you never know what time it is. So I think the older generation that goes there, that's they go funny. because yeah, they don't have true. a concept of am I supposed to sleep or not. So I turned forty in Vegas. My friend Gary was doing a um event there, you know, some symposium and, and he had a I had a suite, so I just went there and hung out. So I brought three hundred dollars with me, a lot of for gambling. That's it, right? I stayed at the Hard Rock, too, which is kind of cool. I like the slots. I'm not like blackjack. I don't like dealing with people. So I played the slots. I spent about $20, and I won about $130. I'm going, wow, this is great. Then I went to some other little place. Then I started getting, like, you know, a little, like, you know, risky and said, hey, let me play the dollar machines, right? Not the pennies, the dollars. Not the quarters, the dollars. <laughs> so then I'm playing the dollars, and I won another like 70 bucks. So then I got real, real cocky. I started playing the $5 machines, mm-hmm. right? I was up 450 bucks, right? The first like four hours. This is the, uh, the insidiousness of Vegas. I stayed there three days. By the third day, not only did I lose all that money in the original three hundred dollars, <laughs> I went to my ATM and I took out another four hundred dollars. I spent about eight hundred dollars. Uh, I, I wanted to go on the um this like helicopter ride over the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I couldn't afford. I had to cancel that. I couldn't afford that anymore. Oh so, man, that's bad. So yeah, I said, uh, and this is all this is all on the, the slots. I didn't even play yeah. any any games or anything. Oh so, gosh, that's yeah. too funny. Ran- so I, random I, number generators. Yeah. 
But it, but I get the rush, man. Like when you see those three little oh, acorns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. My grandparents were the ones that taught me to gamble. And for our 21st birthday, they took me and my sister to um, Atlantic like City. city. Right. And they, they basically were like, here's $200. We don't care what you do with it. Find us in three hours and we'll go back to the beach house. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And my sister to this day hates gambling and like basically pocketed like the $200 or whatnot that we got. <laughs> and, I, and I spent like most of it, but I came, <laughs> no, I made sure to come back with money because I didn't want to lose and like go broke. <laughs> and then two years later, I actually went to Vegas with a company I was working for because they were putting on an expo and the CEO of the company gave everyone like a thousand dollars. And he's like, I just want you guys to go have fun and play before the craziness. And I remember coming back with like five hundred dollars in my pocket, but at one point being up to like two thousand or something like that. It's very oh, like no, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy, but like I don't like yeah. to go broke. I like to at least keep some. You know what I hate too now too. I hate the push button. I want to pull the lever. I, 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 <laughs> right, I don't. Right, I don't right, do right. the push button. They still have yeah. the levers. I, I won't go to the because it's not fun. Part of the I want to pull the thing. I want to. You want to pull the thing. Bit. You want yeah. the thing to spin. The tactile yeah. thing. Yeah. I I only have one gambling story I guess to uh to speak of I so I I used to travel to Las Vegas a lot on business and uh I remember I was traveling with a a, a guy from the company and he was a little angry at me because we were at the airport and I was actually playing a $20 bill in a um in a in a poker machine at the gate at the airport <laughs> And so they were calling for all people to board and I still had like 10 bucks on my, on my little play on the uh, game there. So I, I just kept playing. And so he, he basically goes ahead and gets on the plane. He was waiting for me and the very last deal I got dealt, um, I think four of five cards that would have been a Royal flush. And I thought, I can't not play this hand, so I basically hit go, and I bet the remaining money, and I actually got the card, got the Royal Flush, and it paid seventeen hundred dollars. That's cool. Yeah, and so and so I was so excited. So I get I get the money. I rush down the gangplank there, and uh, you know I get into I get into the airplane. I fly home. I burst open the door at home uh, and I tell my wife, I won $1,700 before I got on the airplane. And she looks at me with a frown and she said, what's the net? <laughs> what do you mean, what's the net? How much did you lose in Las Vegas? Oh, oh, oh. So that, you know. <laughs> like not just that you won, but like how much did you have to play in order to get there? Yeah, exactly. What's the that net? Funny, that's funny. That reminds me of my, my Uncle Eddie used to play the um, OTB, right? He used to always my come in. My Uncle Eddie used to play the OTB with my grandpa Ralph. So one, one day he ran, ran into the house. He goes, so my mom, he goes, Helen. I won the trifecta, 13 grand. She goes, holy cow, how much you down this year? Only about 11,000. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wow. Okay, so I hate to be so uh, uh, unaware. Uh, what is OTB? Um, Off-track betting. So it's where you go to bet the ponies. Uh, okay. You go to bet the uh, horses okay. there. We, you know, I'm from Louisville, and we spent a lot of time at Churchill Downs, but I don't think that OTB happened in Kentucky for a lot of years, right? Uh, maybe to keep 
you know, the, the tracks solvent. I don't know. Talk about, we they do it now. We talk about it. I don't know. This is what a funny episode. Have this, podcast? this is the OTB episode. OTB. Where we talk about off track betting and our Vegas shenanigans. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> is there anything we want to talk about? Well, anything? did you guys see Kate Bush responded to her now reinvented fame for the younger generations because of her Stranger Things aspect? Well, what she says, yeah, it's great. What else could she say? What she well, say? Well, no, I guess there were, there were, I guess, people commenting about certain things, but she came out and just was like, listen, like, yeah, I've been around for a while. Doesn't mean you can't make a comeback. Like, <laughs> who cares? So she she's enjoying that. She was such a um, kind a of an artist. iconic artist that, but it seems to me that this wave of interest in her, it's not sustainable. Uh, and she probably isn't interested in, you know, releasing a new album or, you yeah, know, but, you know it's any nice, of that. It's nice to get recognized again. But yeah, it's nice to get recognized. When I first saw her, I saw her on, uh, I saw her on SNL, and she basically was uh. just like wavy looking chick yeah. on the grand piano in this flowing white skirts, and she would do twirls and like very before even. Um, Stevie Nicks, you know, really that kind of like esoteric, ethereal kind of flowing of the gown and sing these, you know, whoa, she had this high voice. <laughs> it did have a performance art aspect to it. David Gilmore kind of discovered her, you know, from Pink Floyd. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was like, he signed it to a, uh, a developmental deal. And I think he produced a lot of the first record and stuff. Yeah, she was really cool. I, I like, I always like Kate Bush. Well, and because of uh, Stranger Things, her like little snippet of sound that they used in the episode is now also trending on all of the different platforms, and people are using it in like TikTok videos and stuff. So she's getting a nice, she is getting a nice little bump in like people discovering her music and things. Well, you like know that. what? It, it, it's another article I read today where like so many great artists haven't gotten their due. You know, like another one was this band that I, I vaguely remember. Maybe you remember them, uh, Greg Fanny. You remember them? A band called Fanny? Yeah, I don't think that. I, I think they were more darlings of the press than they were actually. No, I heard, a, I heard some of the tracks. They, they, they rocked. It, uh, oh, they, oh, the, the records are really good. The, they were like the this, records are they were interesting, like but they didn't have any hits. I know, but they were this 1970 all girl rock band. They had, and yeah. the thing is that this is 1970. One of them was, was, was lesbian. There was an Asian woman. They, they were just this mixed. It was like so ahead of their time. And, and, and they rocked. They, they could play the guitar. They weren't like, not to put down the go go's or the, the, the bangles, but you know, even, even, you know, the runaways couldn't play mm -hmm. that great. Right. They were more right. of an attitude than anything else where these guys could play. They were like, cool. Like, yeah, they were Bo really good players. Like yeah, Bowie absolutely. liked them. And like, you know, even John Lennon made reference to them but, and they never got their due. And supposedly there's this new documentary I want to see that I, I heard about talks about them and they got back together and they, and, and then like the trailer, it's them now at 70, you know, like oh, do it, do boy, it again. That's going to be, that's And risky. one chick goes, Hey, maybe I'll finally make it at 80. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. I'm going, Hey, maybe. So, I don't know, you know, so one aspect of one aspect of these aging rockers, and you point out that we're really not. You know, we, we don't. We're in uncharted territory here. We don't know what uh, an eighty-year-old rock star is supposed to be or look right. like. But you know, I mean, I think it just occurred to me that you know the 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 superstars in the blues genre for from in from the fifth forties, fifties, sixties. 
they were all older. So yeah, you can you know, be ninety and, and do blues. Yeah, it's different. Right. So if you're so if you're um, you know if you believe that uh, rock and roll has its roots in the blues, maybe it's a fairly natural progression to be Mick Jagger at eighty five and you know, singing, you know, come on in my house and kitchen or whatever. I don't know. But like, you know, even though we'll never get to see it, but what could Elvis be doing at the 85? You know what I mean? You know, <laughs> well, well, I don't know. Well, I mean, well. he was, he was pretty tired there towards the end. <laughs> at 42, I mean, I'll tell you, I, am I the only person? I know we always round back to McCartney talking about age and about iconic rock, but I've seen some stuff on the internet the last three or four weeks of, right. on the recent tour where he just does not have enough breath to sing these songs the way they need to be rendered. Or, or well, am I crazy? You know, I, I, I have a mixed view on that because part of me says, yeah, he shouldn't be doing it anymore. One guy even said, listen, man, I came to see your show. You can't even sing anymore. And like you charged me $500. You know, the, 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 the ticket prices are, are, are like astronomical. He doesn't have any breath. He doesn't have, he's 80 years old, man. He I know, but you know, you would think that, you know, a lot of times, you know, uh, people that have been performers their whole lives and, you know, the, the breath control is part of what they I, do. I don't I mean, think Paul McCartney ever, someone said he never really learned how to sing. Like he right. was just, uh, like, you know, singing out of his mouth. Yeah. Right. Exactly. He never learned how to do it correctly. We're like a lot of these guys, you know, like, I think even Jagger took lessons, you know, took, I don't think McCartney ever did, you know, he just always relied on his natural ability and just did it, you know? And then as it ages, you know, even Rod Stewart, he's like 75, 76, and, but he can still do it, kind of, you know? Billy Joel can still do it in mid-70s. He still sounds like Billy Joel. Elton John, right. I don't think he can do it anymore. He should uh, it. Yeah, uh, not so much. You know, know, I, no. Bowie still was able to do what he did, but he only he was only in his late 60s when he died, though. So, yeah, yeah, I think, but then part of me, so part of me thinks, should this guy go out there? But, People are reviewing this, saying they they love seeing him because he well, is the legendary Paul McCartney, the elder statesman, the, and they're the getting to thing. see this legendary guy from the Beatles. So, am I to you know? So if they're digging it, and he had, he's having these cool videos with Lennon and stuff and Harrison. So, who am I to say he shouldn't do it? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I wouldn't pay five hundred dollars to see it. No, that's for sure. I saw him about whenever he did. Um, he opened up City Field. When was that? Maybe ten closed years ago. Closed it? No, he closed it. No, he, no. The Billy Joel closed Shea, but oh, Billy, Paul McCartney opened up. Opened, City, op City opened Field. up City Field, right? And uh, so when was that? Two thousand twelve, maybe. Yeah, I so don't it was know. ten years ago. Yeah, so he still can kind of cut it then. You know, he, he was still doing it, but this this last tour, yeah, he's like. I think it's going to be the last one. Maybe I'm wrong. Did you but. see the Queen performance uh, at the uh, gala for the Queen? Mm -mm. The band Queen? So the band Queen performed at this massive ceremony for the, what it, What was it, uh, celebrating her? It was her Platinum Jubilee. Yeah. Yeah. So, 70 uh, years so, of Queen. So Queen performed and, of course, with Adam Lambert. Oh, and, um, I hate that they use him. I don't Man, get it. that guy, I mean- it is extraordinary what he can do with his voice, but it's it's like there's nobody home. It's machine like. It it, it doesn't. You know, you're right. Like he he has a high voice. He can sing, but I don't care. You know, like right. I, it exactly. doesn't. It doesn't lend itself to the songs for me. No, I mean it's like you know? it, it's like there's nobody home. It's like there's nobody behind his eyes. You know, it's just he, he he's like a robot now. 
Does it sound good? Yeah, I mean, I think it pr- it sounds pretty no, it amazing. No, it actually. doesn't. But I just don't hear any heart in it. It it ain't uh, it ain't Freddie. I gotta give him credit, but they should have pulled the doors. You know, like after Jim Morrison's gone, the band's over. Come on, you know, without Freddie Mercury, how could you be Queen? It's like yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, it's like you know, if Jagger dies. Well, they've <laughs> had a couple of incarnations. They used um, yeah, Paul Rogers. What's his name? Was uh, man? I mean, I just recently saw a little documentary on Queen, and uh, they and you know they talked about that that time they went out. What about fifteen years after right. after Freddie passed away, and they go out with Paul Rogers from Bad Company, and that sounded amazing. Well, but <laughs> he's an amazing singer. But he, but he, well, again, but, but he, it was different. I can't hear him. I can't hear him singing like you know, you know, Killer Queen. I'm sorry, but I think he kind of owned it in a way that Adam. Lambert has not. Well, also, he, to know. me, yeah, to me, Paul Rogers has more cred. And Paul Rogers, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and then he sang some bad company stuff. He sang All Right yeah. Now. They mixed it all yeah. together. He's more of a guy. Where to me, yeah. Adam Adam Lambert is just some American Idol, not even winner. And like, runner come on. Up, runner up. You know, I don't get it. So I don't get, mm-hmm. somehow I think Brian May loves him for some reason. I don't get it. But yeah, yeah. There they're better go. off getting that guy who was in the movie. You know? Oh, yeah, what's his name? I don't know. The one who actually yeah. played Freddy. Right, get him to it and, get, and have someone lip sync it. I don't know, but <laughs> but but Brian May's a great guitar player. Anyway, we're going yes, on and is. on and on. You want to hear some good. more um, from Hallie? Yeah, let's hear some more music from Hallie. We'll hear her single, Nothing Left. But before that, why don't we hear from our unofficial official sponsor, Bongo Java? <laughs> okay, Yay. sounds great. Now, are we sponsoring them or do they No, sponsor they're supposed us? to be sponsoring I, us. They just I think don't it's, know. No. Still unclear. Yeah. I think Still it's unclear. A, I think it's a mutual non-sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play this For the song. purposes of not getting a cease and desist, we yeah. ain't sending you one. So. Okay. <laughs> anyway, let's listen. This episode is officially, unofficially sponsored by Bongo Java. Bongo Java, the birthplace of the 9420 podcast. While Bongo Java got its start a year earlier than 9420 in 1993, in 1994, Carl and Greg's relationship got started. And in 2020, Carl and Greg visited Bongo Java to create this podcast that you listen to. For more information on Bongo Java, go to bongojava.com.
That's an easy track to listen to. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. Yeah, it's really pretty. I know. So we spoke with Allie, didn't we? We did. Um, she answered our questions of the week. Woo! Professional so, baby. I know. So the first question that we asked her is to tell us a little bit about herself. My name is Hallie Kearns. I am a country singer-songwriter from Columbia, Missouri originally, but now I'm living in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I started playing guitar when I was about 13 years old and realized when I was about 16 or 17 that this is what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. So I packed up at 18, um, moved to Kansas City a couple hours away from my hometown and started gigging out, playing shows all over the place. And then in 2019, I made the move to Nashville. And um, this is now my full-time job. You know, that's interesting. That'll just flow right by regular listeners and they won't recognize what a monumental commitment that takes to move from the Midwest to someplace like Nashville, Tennessee. There was just, there was just stuff in the news last week about how the creative community cannot afford to live here, you know? So that, I mean, that's, that's been in the news recently, the idea that, you know, the rents have skyrocketed and it's very, very difficult. The independent kind of clubs and bars and night spots where people hone their talent, those are all going away. Mm-hmm. They're all under the wrecking ball, uh, you know, so that they can put up more high rise $6,000 a month condos. So yeah, it's it's a uh, it's difficult these days. So to hear somebody say that they've moved to Nashville to do their music full time, that's it, it. It requires some bravery. It's commendable for sure. Like knowing that she's yeah. like, especially been doing this for three years now. Because I think she said she moved in 2019. So the fact that she's still able to do it and be able to pursue all of those dreams is amazing. So what else did we what else did we ask uh, Hallie? So we asked Hallie what other music artists have inspired your career so far. There were so many music artists growing up that inspired me, but starting early on, uh, I grew up listening to a lot of '90s country, a lot of '90s and early 2000s country music. So George Strait, Alan Jackson, Tim McGraw, Kenny Chesney, The Chicks, Martina McBride, Faith Hill, 
Shania Twain, all the good stuff back then. But as I grew up, I listened to a lot of top 40 radio, um, pop and country music, both got really into singer songwriter music and kind of my high school years, like Colby Calais, Jason Mraz, Rayleigh Montaigne, a lot of that kind of music. Listened to a lot of Taylor Swift, of course, and the Jonas Brothers, my preteen years, loved them. And, um, now I listen to a lot of Casey Musgraves, Miranda Lambert, Maren Morris, and so many more. I could go on and on all day. Yeah, pretty much all the, you know. The, solid. Yeah. yeah. You know what? But I get another thing that bugs me, too. Why can't you still call them the Dixie Chicks? Come on. That's oh, yeah, name. the Chicks. You know, come on. You're really offending someone by saying that. I really, you know, it's 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 just the name. Am I, am I wrong? I'm pretty liberal, but that's ridiculous. Well, I, I knew people that I, I think it's just a figure of speech. I knew people that were familiar with the band, with the act. They called them the chicks long before the PC stuff. I mean, they were called the Dixie Chicks beforehand, and then they equivocally took that out of their name for whatever reason. So I personally yeah, think. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is that if you're familiar with their music and if you've been a fan, you, you might call them the Chicks. Yeah, to, yeah, but, but that's not what she's With no consideration to. for they, the. They're being called the Chicks because of the, of the woke. Crap. You know, and, no, and no. I, I, so I'm, I'm suggesting that around here they got called the Chicks. And there was no consideration for the woke stuff whatsoever. I thought they were cool, man. Actually, when when yeah. when they almost got canceled by Bush, and that that next album they came out with was great, man. Oh, I thought they were the best. I I, I think they're they're cool. Anyway, so so then we asked. Do we have another question? We asked we these have people? one last question <laughs> that we asked her. What was your favorite concert and why? My favorite concert I've been to. <laughs> That's a really hard question, actually. Um, I could say a lot of different things for a lot of different reasons, but I think the one I'm going to go with right now was the Chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks, because I never thought I would get a chance to see them. They broke up and stopped touring, and they were a huge inspiration of mine really early on. And when they did their reunion tour, I finally got to see them live and in person, and it was just a, such a cool moment of nostalgia mixed with dreams and passions of mine that uh, I, that they had inspired. So that was a really, really good show, really cool to see. I actually got to go to it with my mom, too, which was special because she's the person who introduced me to them. So that was um, a really, really good concert for that reason. And I got to see them in Nashville, which just felt like the cherry on top. So so my theory, completely disproven, she actually said formally known as. Mm-hmm. So she's she's well aware of the Dixie. Her mom likes the Dixie chicks and she likes the chicks. She likes the yeah. chicks, right. That's how it goes. It's a generation. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. Apparently so, we're prophetic because we've never really had anyone on here even remotely talk about the Dixie Chicks, now known as the Chicks. Um, and then it's her favorite concert. Just like last week, we had yeah. someone who said their favorite concert was Lizzo. So, <laughs> Yeah, there you go. All I know is... Oh! I'm smiling. Good. How did your my, appointment I, go? I went to my appointment, my three-month appointment, and she says, she told me it'd be like a year to 18 months for these things. She says it might be like even like nine months. I'm doing well. My teeth are responding. Well, that's good. Wow. And she showed me, like, I'm going, and then I'm looking at the thing, right? And it goes, um, I go, well, I can't see anything with my eyes. So she shows me the computer, and she shows me where the teeth have the moved on the computer. Yeah, yeah, I go, yeah, yeah. well, it looks good on the computer, but it doesn't look good in my mouth. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> so that's, that's kind of it, right? Anything else you want to talk about? The only other thing I wanted to bring up was there was another artist who actually sold his catalog this week I saw, but we don't even have to talk about that. 
get us out of here. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 Podcast. Make sure that you listen all the way through because we have one more song by Hallie Kearns called Shoes to Fill. For everything that we spoke about in this episode, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the number is 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Till next time, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye, everybody. In first grade, I fell down in the driveway. Scraped my knee, and dad ran out with a band-aid. Well, he sat down beside me, eye to eye there on the concrete. Just let me cry and wipe my tears away. At 16, I wrecked my first car. And I thought he'd be mad cause it was my fault But he picked me up, dropped everything And swore he wouldn't say a thing Just let me cry and wipe my tears away He spent my whole life sitting in the bar For the man who gets to have my heart So if you wanna take the hand that he held first You have gotta be the man he showed me I deserve And if you're gonna love me like nobody ever will Well baby you got big shoes to fill Swore he'd never fail more in